Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today's reading at Mass is Mark chapter 2 verses 23 to 28. So we're continuing in the Gospel of Mark and there's a really interesting uh, scene here with Jesus and his disciples uh, doing something that offends the Pharisees and there's a bit to talk about here. So let's get into the text. One Sabbath day, Jesus happened to be taking a walk through the cornfields, and his disciples began to pick ears of corn as they went along. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing something on the Sabbath day that is forbidden? And he replied, Did you never read what Jesus did in his time of need when he and his followers were hungry? How he went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate loaves of offering which only the priests were allowed to eat, and how he also gave some to the men with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Son of Man is master even of the Sabbath. So the setting here in verse 23, it says one Sabbath day. So really this could be any time. It doesn't necessarily happen straight after the previous scene. Uh, Most likely this isn't straight after the previous scene because what you'll notice about the last three or four things we've looked at in Mark, last three or four scenes, is that they all relate to food. So it could be that Mark is grouping all these incidents that relate to food together in one spot in his gospel. Possibly, or I mean, it could be chronological, we don't know. And it's a Sabbath day where this particular scene happens. So for the Jews, Sabbath day was Saturday. So it's from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And often, I know that when I often think of this story, I sort of just think of Jesus and his disciples walking slowly along, having a good time. And it's just them hanging out as though it's a day of leisure. But actually, what's probably going on here is, as we know from earlier in the Gospel of Mark, uh, on the Sabbath, Jesus was very busy and there were crowds following him. So probably there's a whole lot of crowds following him. We know that the Pharisees at least are there. So there's probably a whole lot of people here in the cornfield with Jesus and his disciples. And they're taking a walk through the cornfields. And so he's in the Galilee area, which is a agricultural area, has lots of crops, lots of open areas. And his disciples begin to pick ears of corn as they go along. Notice it's his disciples, not Jesus himself, that's picking the corn. And they're doing it because they're hungry. They need to eat something. We know that from other places later in the Gospel of Mark, that Jesus and his disciples were often so busy with the crowds that they did get quite hungry. They didn't have time to eat. We need to keep that in mind. The disciples are not picking the grain just for fun. They're actually really hungry and they need some food. And so they're picking ears of corn. So if you can try and imagine what they're doing with the ears of corn, they pluck off the heads of grain and then they rub off the husks in their hand, which is like the outer covering. And so that leaves them with this ripe, uh, raw wheat kernels. So they're eating wheat kernels. It's kind of the ancient equivalent of fast food. You just walk along, you grab an ear of corn, you take off some of the outer layers and you've got Uh, raw kernels to eat on the go. Now, there's actually nothing wrong with doing this according to Jewish law. You could actually go through anyone's field and pick their corn. That's not actually illegal. As long as you don't use a special tool for reaping because then you would get too much. So if you're just taking what you need, 
then in Jewish society, that's actually fine. And that's probably a good rule that we could learn from. If you're just getting some food for yourself and not reaping a whole lot, that's fine. Uh, That's actually specified in Deuteronomy 23 verse 26. Here's what it says. When you go through your neighbor's grain field, you may pluck some of the ears with your hand, but do not put a sickle to your neighbor's grain. So that's actually a law that the Jews were given about 1500 BC in the book of Deuteronomy, and they'd carried that law through to Jesus' day. You can pick corn, just don't use a sickle to get it. Verse 24, the Pharisees said to Jesus, so we know that there's Pharisees at least following Jesus in the crowd, and they're considered to be the teachers of the, for the common Jewish man. They interpret the law because most people couldn't read or write, so the Pharisees were the ones that helped them understand the law. Keep in mind, the Pharisees, they're often presented as the evil ones, as though they want to keep people from God. That's actually not their intention. As uh, Bible scholars, we need to keep in mind the Pharisees want people to come to God. They are concerned with holiness and they want the Jews to be holy. They take their job very seriously. They want to help people be close to God. And to do that, they'd put in place this quite complex system that they believed would help the Jews achieve holiness. That's their goal, to help the Jews achieve holiness. The Sadducees, possibly a little different. It seems the Sadducees probably more concerned with wealth and manipulating things, but the Pharisees seem legitimately concerned with doing the right thing in God's eyes. So when they get offended by Jesus, they're actually quite offended. To them, Jesus is breaking the laws that God has put in place. And so they notice here that Jesus' disciples are breaking one of their Sabbath laws, and they're using the opportunity to accuse Jesus. So they say, why are they doing something on the Sabbath day that is forbidden. Now, are they doing anything illegal here? We need to unpack this a bit. So the Old Testament stipulates that a Jew cannot do work on the Sabbath. That's in Exodus 34 verse 21. That's the law. Jews cannot do any kind of manual work on the Sabbath day. That applies to all Jews. But what counts as work is the question. So the Pharisees, wanting to help the Jews understand what counts as work and what doesn't, they'd come up with a really complex categories, really elaborate system of what counts as work and what doesn't, because they want to help the Jews uh, make sure that they don't break this law. And as part of their categories that they'd come up with, the Pharisees said, yes, uh, picking corn is considered to be reaping and you can't reap on the Sabbath. So that's the categories they had come up with. And that was the law for the Jews at the time because they had to follow the law of the Pharisees. Now, interestingly, Jesus doesn't confirm or deny that. Jesus doesn't enter into a discussion about the categories of what counts as work and what doesn't. He actually is going to address it on a deeper level. So it could well be that the Pharisees are right about this, that picking corn counts as reaping. Jesus doesn't rule that out. Uh, Later in the Gospels, Jesus actually says the Pharisees do have authority to make laws. It's just um, sometimes, we'll talk about that when we get there, but Jesus on the whole affirms that the Pharisees can, they do have legitimate authority, and here Jesus doesn't confirm or deny whether they're right. But he does engage the issue on a deeper level. He talks, he refers to this thing that happened to David. So in verse 25 here, Jesus says, did you never read what David did in his time of need 
when he and his followers were hungry. So the Pharisees would have been familiar with this story. It's from 1 Samuel 21, verse 2 to 7. The Pharisees know their Old Testament very well. Whenever Jesus is challenged or he's dealing with some opponents, he almost always appeals to common ground in the scriptures. So when he's talking to the Sadducees, he only quotes from books that the Sadducees accept. When he's dealing with the Pharisees, he always goes back to the Old Testament, which the Pharisees did accept, in order to make his point. He wants to prove his point from the scriptures. And here's here's Jesus' summary of the story. David went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the loaves of offering which only the priests are allowed to eat, and he also gave some to the men with him. And that's a reasonable summary of the David story. So in 1 Samuel 21, David's on the run, him and his men are being pursued, and they're getting hungry, so they stop at the holy tent. And there's the priests in there, but he explains his situation to the priest, and the high priest Abiathar agrees to let David and his men eat some of the holy bread because they're they're legitimately hungry. You'll see, you can probably hear already, there's a very close parallel here to the situation with Jesus and his disciples. So, what what point is Jesus trying to make here by bringing up the story of David? In the Jewish mind, David is considered to be a holy man. In fact, he's the chosen one of God and all the Jews venerate him. So, in the Jewish mind, it's like David can't do the wrong thing, almost. But think about what David does in this story from 1 Samuel 21. David takes holy bread that only priests could eat from in the holy tent, and the priest actually gives it to him. The priest allows him to eat it. So David eats the bread because he's hungry, even though only priests are supposed to eat it. He then gives some to the men who are with him because they're hungry as well. And probably, Jesus doesn't say this, but if we look at the text, this story of David probably occurred on the Sabbath as well, because the holy bread was usually only available on the Sabbath, and that's in Leviticus 24, that's specified. So, if David's story happened on the Sabbath, that adds a whole lot of weight to what Jesus is about to say. So, here's Jesus' point. If David, being the chosen one of God, could do all of this with the holy consecrated bread because him and his men were hungry and needed food, if that was acceptable for David, surely it's acceptable for another Jewish teacher to take ordinary food, it's not even consecrated food, it's just normal grain, on the Sabbath day so that his followers do not go hungry. That's probably the basic point Jesus is making. If David could take the consecrated bread on the Sabbath and that's okay, well, surely my men can take normal bread on the Sabbath and that should be okay. But some scholars think there's a deeper comparison Jesus is making here. So, this is another possible way of looking at Jesus' point. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says things like, Behold, one greater than David is here. So, Jesus later says, I'm greater than David. So, if he has that view in mind here too, he could be saying something like this, David was allowed to do this, I'm greater than David, so I can do it too. So in this case, if that's the right interpretation, Jesus is saying that his disciples who are involved in his messianic mission are granted a kind of a priestly dispensation from the Sabbath laws, just as David's men were granted a dispensation by the high priest in the 1 Samuel 21. So that's an interesting comparison. Maybe Jesus is saying 
that his disciples have a dis- dispensation, just like how David's men were dismissed from fulfilling the law on that day by the high priest. So two possible interpretations here in the literal sense. Jesus could be saying, well, if David took the consecrated bread and that's okay, well, then I should be able to take non- non-consecrated bread for my disciples and that should be fine. Or he could mean I'm greater than David. So if David can do it, I can do it. One of those two is probably right. Now, he then goes on to make another point, verse 27, which is in fact the deeper point he wants to get to. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, when when God originally gave that law in Exodus, that was reasonably clear. Everyone knew the Sabbath was for man. The Sabbath is supposed to be about resting from work, and the whole point of it is to enjoy covenant relationship with God. That was the point of God giving the Sabbath law. Everyone knew that at the time. But over 1,500 years, as the Pharisees and the other Jewish leaders became so concerned with fulfilling the Sabbath law and ensuring that it's done and that no one breaks it, they'd kind of become servants of the Sabbath. They'd sort of ended up making the Sabbath a burden that people had to bear rather than the other way around where the Sabbath serves the people. So it's unfortunate, but that's just sort of how it happened over time. People were so serious about fulfilling the Sabbath law that it became more of a burden than a rest time. When, by Jesus saying the man, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, that's not a new teaching. The, the Jews knew that. It's just that they'd kind of forgotten it by the time of Jesus. So he's reminding them of the original point of the Sabbath. So what's Jesus saying here in a nutshell? He's saying Jews can still fulfill their basic needs on the Sabbath. Otherwise, it actually contradicts the whole point of the Sabbath, which is to rest in covenant relationship with God. It's pretty hard to rest in a relationship with God if you can't meet your basic needs on that day. So Jesus' teaching here is that Jews can still fulfill their basic needs on the Sabbath. Notice the whole point here is about hunger. Okay, if Jesus' disciples had been going through the field and just picking the grain just for fun, then they would be breaking the Sabbath law and it would not be acceptable. No question about it. But because they're doing it because they're genuinely hungry hungry and they genuinely need food, they're trying to meet a human need, then Jesus says that's the kind of thing that is acceptable on the Sabbath. We need to keep that in mind. It's about hunger and a human need. The last thing here, which is probably the most important thing, in verse 28, Jesus says, The Son of Man is master even of the Sabbath. Or, another translation, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Remember, what does Son of Man mean? It's a term that in the time of Jesus is used for the Messiah. So Jesus often claims to be the Son of Man, and in doing that, he's claiming to be the Messiah. So when Jesus says the Son of Man is master even of the Sabbath, it's, this is a new teaching, that Jews did not realize this about the Messiah. Jesus is not abrogating Sabbath laws here. He's not saying, I, I now command that the Sabbath no longer applies. He does not say that. What he is saying is the Messiah has power even to interpret how the Sabbath should be observed. So the Messiah has power to authoritatively interpret how the Sabbath should be observed. So the the Messiah has genuine authority to make and interpret laws, 
which is actually a greater authority than even the Pharisees have, because the Pharisees believed they can't change the Sabbath law. And Jesus here is basically saying the Messiah can make authoritative interpretations of the law, which is kind of a continuation of of the authority the Pharisees had, but it's even slightly greater than that. So, this is new. The Jews at the time did not realise that the Messiah would have the power even to interpret the Sabbath law. There's another element here, possibly, which some scholars have detected, which is that since God instituted the Sabbath, God was the one who gave the Sabbath law, by Jesus saying that he has power over the Sabbath, he could be implying or he could be hinting at his own divinity. So there's another element there. But on the basic level, Jesus is saying the Messiah has power to interpret the Sabbath laws. This kind of thinking is really important when we get to the Gospel of Matthew and um, the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So in other words, the Messiah has the power to give the authoritative interpretation of the true meaning of the law. And he's doing the same here with the Sabbath. So that's the text. I hope you found that uh, useful when we look at the background in terms of what David did and what the Jewish law was about what you could do on the Sabbath and what Jesus is saying about the Messiah's role in interpreting the Sabbath. What does the Catholic Church teach in relation to this passage, Mark 2, verse 23 to 28? There's a couple of really quite interesting and clear paragraphs here about the Sabbath law. So firstly, in paragraph 581 and 582, which is about Jesus' relationship with the Sabbath, the Catechism says this, The Jewish people and their spiritual leaders viewed Jesus as a rabbi. He often argued within the framework of rabbinical interpretation of the law. But Jesus could not help but offend the teachers of the law, for he was not content to propose his interpretation alongside theirs, but taught the people as one who had authority and not as their scribes. In presenting with divine authority the definitive interpretation of the law, Jesus found himself confronted by certain teachers of the law who did not accept his interpretation of the law, guaranteed though it was by divine signs that accompanied it. This was especially the case with the Sabbath laws, for he recalls often with rabbinical arguments that the Sabbath rest is not violated by serving God and neighbour, which his own healings did. So there is the Catholic Church's uh, teaching about Jesus' role in interpreting the law, and it mentions the Sabbath in particular. And then later in paragraph 2173, that's in the section about the Ten Commandments, There's a discussion there about what the Sabbath day means. Paragraph 2173 says, The Gospel reports many incidents when Jesus was accused of violating the Sabbath law. But Jesus never fails to respect the holiness of this day. He gives this law its authentic and authoritative interpretation. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. With compassion, Christ declares the Sabbath for doing good, rather than harm, for saving life, rather than killing. The Sabbath is the day of the Lord of mercies and a day to honour God. The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So you can probably hear parts of Mark chapter 2 that we heard today being quoted in there. The Ten Commandments, Jesus doesn't really dispute most of the Ten Commandments, though the Sabbath law comes up quite a lot. It's probably 
the one out of the Ten Commandments that gets the most discussion in the Gospels. Because Jesus comes to give each of the Ten Commandments their deepest and truest fulfillment. And when it comes to the Sabbath, he has a few things to say in particular that the Jews weren't expecting about what it means in the truest sense to fulfill the Sabbath law. Okay, thanks for listening. I hope you found that a useful exegesis of Mark chapter 2. Hopefully we'll see you again tomorrow.